Welcome back to the podcast. Our theme at the Traders Point Church of Christ for the next four months is going to be Soldiers of Christ. So over the next few weeks, Jeremy and I are going to try to unpack what that means and why it's so important for the Christian to be prepared for battle. We'll also have some sermons on this topic throughout the next trimester, so be sure to watch for those as well. And as always, if you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Thank you so much for tuning in once again as we continue our study that we began last week, which really was episode number one, and we had made mention last week that the plan probably just over the next few weeks is going to kind of cover the theme that we're having here at Traders Point Church of Christ this first trimester of the year about being a soldier of Christ. And we're going to spend some time here in Ephesians chapter 6, where we were last week. We'll also spend some time in looking just at some aspects of a soldier, some other biblical examples of that, and certainly other places. So before we get into our text here in Ephesians chapter 6, um, John, why don't you kind of set the context maybe of the, the book a little bit, this passage, maybe a little bit of where we were last week that puts us in a position to be ready to cover ver- mm-hmm. verses 10 through 13 of chapter 6 today. Yeah, I think one thing to just keep in mind as we jump into verse number 10 is we are not only in the middle of chapter 6 here, but we're at the very end of this letter that Paul writes to the Christians in Ephesus. And you did a great job of kind of summarizing uh, the letter a little bit for us last week. But but Paul is writing to these brethren in Ephesus whom he knows very well. He spent uh, more time in Ephesus than uh, practically any other city that uh, that he traveled through during his ministry. And so these are people that he has a close relationship with and people that he knows and has spent time with and has a vested interest in their growth, both spiritually as well as physically. And so he, he's writing this book to them with the intent of building them up, encouraging them, and and helping them grow in their relationship to God. And so as he brings this book to a close, he, he's touching on some issues of relationship. And we talked a little bit about last week how he talks a little bit about the husband-wife relationship, the parent-child relationship. And then we get into verse 5 of chapter 6, and he begins talking about this bondservant and master relationship. And we connected that with this idea of being a soldier in Christ and the reality that being a soldier in God's army allows us to be very humble in this life and allows us to yield our will to others in this life because we know what our life is all about. We are fighting for Christ. We are fighting for his purpose. And that, as we're going to talk about today, that is not a battle of flesh and blood. That is one that takes place in the spiritual realm. And so while here on earth we are focused on Christ and his purpose, we're focused on the spiritual and that allows us to shape our interactions with others in a very godly way. And so we can be humble, and we can take a subservient role at times if necessary, and we can do all of that with the joy and the comfort of knowing that we are secure in Christ and his family. And then we're going to get in today talking more specifically about how Paul is going to close this letter with his discussion about the armor of God and being in God's army. So we're going to get some of that military-style language and imagery 
that Paul is going to re- that Paul is going to close this book with. Yeah, I mean, we think about, you know, this passage, and a lot of people will be familiar with this passage on the armor of God. You know, passage is one that's talked about certainly an awful lot, but I think it is interesting and certainly really important, and, and you made mention of it, to, to note of where this falls in the book. I mean, this is at the end. This is the close. He has really covered some really practical things in chapters 4, 5, and, and the very beginning of chapter 6. And he knows that there's going to be some challenges along the way. He knows that the life of a Christian stands out. It's different. It goes against the grain. It goes against the world. It goes against culture in every way. And because of that, there are certain challenges that come and, and certainly certain temptations that come. And I think it's really interesting as he closes, and we're going to see him in this whole section uh, beginning in verse 10, which is the close of this book, you know, begins with the word finally. Mm -hmm. We're going to read that. But he really, he wants them to understand that this is something they can do because God is with them. Not just that God is with them, God has equipped them. And ultimately, that's the big takeaway from the end of chapter 6. For sure, God is with you. You see that throughout Scripture about courage and bravery. Always it's made mention that you got to remember God is with you, but also God equips us. And that's a big part of what this uh, text is going to be about that we'll talk about here. The beginning of it and the next week, we'll get into the specifics of the armor itself. So uh, we'll go ahead and read it together. We're going to cover chapter 6, verses 10 through 13. Kind of the setup to the armor, if you will, maybe the the opening to the close, uh, if you want to look at it that way. But we'll look at these few verses for a few minutes today. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning of verse 10. He says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand." So just in these few verses, you know, I'll kind of start us off here. The one, you know, there is, you know, often when you're reading a passage, if there is a word that sticks out that, you know, you see over and over and over in a short space, you know, good Bible study is take note of that word, right? Mm-hmm. What is that word? It's going to be really important. And, and it, it shows up multiple times, even at the very beginning of chapter 14, which we'll talk about next week, you see it again. But you see this word stand. You, you see it uh, really in verses 10, 11, 12, and 13, you know, this idea, the word itself, you know, that God is putting us in a position to stand, to be strong. And I think that's important because when we are called upon to live godly, as Paul has done to these brethren and to us in this back half of the book, it's going to take God with us and putting us in a position to stand because Satan, as he makes mention of, his minions, if you want to uh, think about it, they're looking to knock us over. I mean, if you want to kind of put it in that you know visual, they're looking to knock us over, but God wants us and he has equipped us to stand. And I think that is a huge component, not just to this passage, but really when you think about the soldier and one of their main objectives is to stand strong. Yeah, I think this this really opens the door to a conversation around what it really means to be a, a Christian. And I think sometimes there is a misconception that because Christians are called to be meek and called to be humble 
and called to turn the other cheek and told, called to be overly generous and all of those things that, that Jesus himself talks about. Sometimes because a Christian is to live a life of those qualities, we can sometimes be looked at as weak or vulnerable in some way that we're just a doormat for the world. And, and I understand why sometimes that picture can be conjured up in people's minds. But when I read a passage like this, that couldn't be further from the truth. I mean, we are to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might to stand, as you pointed out. I mean, these, this is victorious language. This is language of strength and power. And so when I think about all of the qualities that a Christian is to embody, it really takes us back to the conversation that we had last week, that we can't embody all of those characteristics in this physical realm because in the spiritual realm, we are victorious in every way. We stand strong at every turn. We stand in the Lord's power, and we are going to be victorious. And so there is a, a distinction to be made between the physical realm and the spiritual realm. And I think as Paul is calling their attention here in Ephesians chapter 6, he's wanting them to think spiritually about things. This is a spiritual battle that's taking place. He's very clear about that. That, you know, we'll talk about this here in just a moment, but, but this is not a, a battle against flesh and blood. This is one that's taking place in the spiritual realm. And so we too, as Christians, have to make a distinction between the physical realm and the spiritual realm, how we act and behave in the physical realm, and what that looks like in the spiritual. And so Paul, I think, is, is doing a good job of helping the Christians in Ephesus uh, think about the distinction between those two things. And it's important for us to remember that as well. Because certainly there are going to be times in this life where we look around and it looks like evil's winning and it looks like we're losing and we feel like we're the minority and that there's nothing we can do. And, and you know what? Sometimes that's the way it's going to be, but not in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, God stands victorious and we can be victorious in him as soldiers in his army. And that should give us great hope and great comfort, even if it looks like evil is winning in this world. I think sometimes maybe a, a parallel passage to this specific uh, passage here in Ephesians chapter 6 it, it, that I, I think about a lot is in Second Corinthians chapter 10, when you have Paul writing mm-hmm. there to the brethren in Corinth, and, and he makes a lot of the same similar points. He, yep. he doesn't use the exact same analogy as the armor, but he does make the point about that our war, that we're at war, that uh, it's a spiritual battle, not a physical battle. But what's really important is the distinction that's made in that passage, and as you pointed out here, that it is a proactive situation. That it it isn't a uh, hide in the corner. It isn't a allow the world to walk all over us. It is a victorious picture. It is a picture of power. It is a picture of strength. And you get that both here in Ephesians six and in that Corinthian letter. It, it is the power of strength. It is the power. You know, uh, uh, it is the power of victory that that's there. And, and we think about that. And it, it, Joshua chapter 1 certainly comes to mind for sure. You know, when when Moses is dead and, and God is talking to Joshua there, and he, he it's all about power. It's all yeah. about courage. It's all about bravery. It's all about, you know, getting it done, right? It's all about that. It's all about going against the world. It's mm-hmm. all about that. And that's what this picture is, and that's what the life of a Christian has to be. And I think you're right. I think that temptation is there 
to to feel like listen if i just stay out of the way mm-hmm. or if i just you know hide in the corner that's what god is expecting of me well no that's what satan wants that's right. what he's expecting and maybe that you know comes a little bit you know there in verse 11 you know it's interesting where he points very directly listen we've got to put the whole armor of god on so that we'll be able to stand we both use a New King James version, the wiles of the devil or the mm-hmm. schemings of the devil, other translations use, or deceptions of the devil. And one of those deceptions is the, the Christian cowers in the corner, right? right. Yeah. He loves for us to stay in the shadows. He would love for us to be afraid every time he walks in the room, right? He would love for us to hide every time he's around. That's what he would love. Mm-hmm. And he makes us think that that's what we have to do. And But what we see here is that we don't have to do that. We don't have to hide in the shadows. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be afraid even when he walks in the room because God has equipped us to withstand him. And the very setup to this whole armor scenario really becomes important. Yeah, and I think what you just said there is is so key to this passage. He has equipped us to be victorious. He doesn't say, if you do all these things, we'll get into these passages next week, if you put on all this armor and you do all these things, you'll have a good chance. That's not what he's saying. If you do this, you win. Right. Period. That's it. You can withstand. You can be victorious. You can stand in his power and his might. God is essentially laying out the path to victory, and there is no uncertainty about it. If we follow him, if we are a soldier in his army, he wins. That, 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 is a, that has already been decided. And so now it's up to us to just decide, do we want to be in his army and on the victorious side, or do we want to be on the losing side? We get to make that decision. But he has equipped us. He's given us everything that we need to be on the victorious side of things. And that is very evident as he talks about being able to withstand in the evil day or in the time of temptation and having done all to stand. That means when temptation arises, God has equipped us to withstand that temptation. You can overcome it. You can do that. It's not a maybe, maybe not, we'll see. Well, it is a maybe, maybe not, we'll see if you haven't allowed God to equip you to withstand. But if you have, then you can overcome that. And there's assurance that's attached to that in this passage. And so it's very empowering to a Christian to realize that I have been given everything I need through the power of God to overcome temptation, to withstand the evil forces, and and to do all of these wonderful things while in this physical body, he has equipped me for that. And that's extremely comforting and encouraging to me. I mean, you see promises that God has made, and that's what this is, right? You, You put on the whole armor of God, you can withstand the devil, right? You see in other places, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. I mean, all of those are promises that God makes. And, you know, and it's because he's able to make those promises because the power that Satan has, and he certainly has some power, but it's not even comparable to the power that God has. And, And so God says, listen, you align with me there isn't anything that Satan can do. There isn't anything that, you know, he makes mention, uh, the principalities, the powers, the rulers of the darkness, these spiritual hosts of wickedness, uh, nothing that they can do. And, and yet, although it's very different from what we think about when it comes to war, right? Mm-hmm. We think of war in a very physical uh, shoot, blow up, you know, kind of scenario. But yet this war, and that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. 
but we're reminded, as we are in other places, that the war still is, is very different. It's not that physical kind of war. It is on the spiritual side. And Jesus himself, he, he had to deal with that, and he had to kind of teach that even to the very, very end, right? You remember mm-hmm. we talked about it even our last series of in going through the very end of Jesus in John 13 through 17. You know, we made mention that even at the very end, Peter was ready to fight physically, you know, when Jesus was arrested and he cuts off the ear of one of those servants. He's ready to fight physically, and and Jesus pumps the brakes on that. And even standing there before Pilate, Jesus is pumping the brakes. My my kingdom is not of this world, right? If it was, my my people would fight, but Mm -hmm. it isn't. And so it just comes across so very different. And, And one of the ways that really helps me and I'll get your thought on this. You think about Jesus early on when he's tempted by Satan in the in the wilderness, right? He's there and he's he's tempted by Satan, and you know Jesus doesn't punch him in the face, mm-hmm. doesn't chop him up with a sword. He he brings scripture, right? He mm-hmm. brings scripture, and, and Satan in that moment is crushed mm-hmm. by Jesus. He is yep. dominated by Jesus, and, and what you see Jesus is he's, he's his use of scripture. And that picture is where we are. And Satan was defeated there. He was pushed aside. He was dominated even in that scenario. And I think that's the picture we've really got to be looking for. Yeah, this this battle that is being depicted here in these passages, it, it is not a fair fight. Yeah. And, and I think as Christians, we need to be very clear about that, that when we think about God and we think about Satan, it's not two heavyweights duking it out, and we're going to see who comes out on top. God is more powerful. God is the creator of all and the ruler of heaven and earth, and Satan is none of those things. Satan is not as powerful as God. He is not on the same level as God, and this is not a fair fight. God dominated. And that I think that picture that you, you just brought up of, of Satan tempting Jesus in the wilderness is a great example of that. Physically, Jesus was at his most vulnerable at that time, and yet Satan had no chance, no chance. He, he, he brought out all the stops. He did everything he could, but Jesus was clearly able to withstand in that moment. He used Scripture as a defense mechanism in that time, and he defeated him in that moment. Satan did not have a chance. God is more powerful than Satan could ever dream of being. And that, that again, is why passages like this should give us so much comfort and so much confidence. Because if we are in God's army, if we are allowing him to equip us and prepare us for this battle, it's not going to be close. It's not going to be a fair fight. We are going to be victorious in this because God has always been and will always be victorious over Satan. And, and so it's important for us as Christians to have that confidence that Paul is trying to instill in the brethren in Ephesus to have that same confidence today as we approach the spiritual battle that we're engaged in. Yeah, but I think that's the big key. It, it is to instill confidence. And, and kind of as we close this section out, and, and really gives us a segue to move us in, you know, to the section that we're most familiar with, 
you know, we're reminded again in verse 11 that in order for this to happen, we've got to put on the whole armor mm-hmm. of God. Yep. And so we'll talk about those specifics that are being mentioned of next week. But the key component is that sometimes we're like, well, if I have some or if I have, you know, a little or if I have a few, well, no, this confidence, being able to stand, mm-hmm. being able to withstand, being able to defeat Satan, all of that comes with having the whole armor on. And when we talk next week about what that consists of, I think it becomes really clear on why we need all of those things. And so I'm looking forward to that conversation. We certainly appreciate you studying along with us for a few minutes here as we continue our study about being soldiers of Christ. We'll look forward to our study next week.